Thank you for listening to the Equip Podcast hosted at Rocky Creek in Greenville, South Carolina. This weekly course seeks to equip our church to do lifestyle ministry. We pray it will help you as well. Uh, so the handouts are there. We'll get a few more coming in here in just a moment. What I want us to do is um, today we were the last song that we sang was uh, He Will Hold Me Fast. And one of the lines in it that always gets me, it says, um, those he saves are his delight. I don't know why, but that always just gets me, like in a very good, important way. Those that God saves are his delight. Because many days I don't feel like that I'm a delight to God. I feel like I'm more of a burden, right, okay? But to know that actually God delights in us, that he loves us, that he cares for us, is such an important thing. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about what? Anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication let your requests be made known to god and the what what surrounds you the peace of god which surpasses all comprehension will guard your heart and your mind in christ jesus okay have you ever had that peace of god that surpasses all comprehension it just doesn't make sense it's the type of peace of god that nobody can get the credit for but god because you think i shouldn't be peaceful right now but I am. And so uh, with that, that's the kind of piece that we're wanting is that um, I've heard someone summarize it this way. Um, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything, everything you can, right? And so as we go through this, uh, we want to make sure that we are walking in step with this. If you still need a handout, can you stick your hand up? And Eli is going to get you one. Great. So if you still need a handout, put your hand up. He'll, he'll get you one. Um, what I've asked also is that we're going to be kind of um, team teaching this. I've asked Becky to come alongside because... What Becky is able to do as a staff counselor for us is to help us walk through some of these things. And she has done so much study uh, and and understanding about how anxiety hits us and to process through these things. Uh, So I'm going to ask Becky if she'll come up here uh, and is going to guide us through this time as we walk through to really unpack what does it mean. uh, Because one of the important things that that she's talked to me about is that there are different types of anxiety, right? There are, what are the, the two kinds we talk about? There's this, the There's healthy fear and unhealthy fear. Healthy fear and unhealthy fear and whatnot. Some is circumstantial, some is situational. situational. There, there's, uh, and, and so some of us know this, that you, there are certain triggers that cause your anxiety to rise, right? And some of us are, I just feel anxious because it's, it's a day that ends in a Y, right? It's just like all the time. It's just there. And, and so if that's you, however it is, we're going to um, walk through this together. So, Becky, okay. go for it. All right, so um, when we think about this, thank you. When we think about this, um, we're going to talk about dealing with stress, fear, and anxiety. Now, there's a difference between depressions, panic, panic attacks. There's a difference. And on the website, if you look there, I have the definitions for it's like a a tiered thing. So look up there, and you'll find some of those. We're not going over those tonight. But what I want us to ask is I want you to think about this psalm, I mean this proverb. Anxiety weighs down the heart. True or false? True. Anxiety weighs down the heart. We know the heart is that who we are, that innermost part of us. So we know that anything that's going to weigh down our heart cannot be good, correct? Ah, there you go. Cannot be good for us. So anything that weighs down the heart cannot be good. So, yeah, Um, what game does this quote come from? Hide and seek. Everybody played hide and seek. We count to 10 or count to 100, everybody hides and then everybody says it, say it with me. Ready or not, here I come. Well, tonight I'm going to take the word I, I'm going to change it a few times, okay? So I'm going to say ready or not, here it comes. I'm going to change these it's a couple of times um, as we get to it, okay? So the first it that's going to be changed is ready or not, here change comes. Ready or not, here change comes. 
We may not want change to come, but it's going to come. It's out of your control. Now, when we think about this, I want you to understand that everybody, everybody has mental health issues. All right, listen to me and let me say that again. Everybody has mental health issues at some time or another. But mental health is the, being called the no casserole illness because when you're struggling with depression or when you're struggling with panic, a lot of times you don't want people to know. You know, somebody has cancer, oh, let's go take care of them. Oh, let's, no, but we want to hide this under the rug and it's time for us to not do that because it's not healthy. It's not healthy, okay? So we're going to talk about change, all right? Let's talk about ready or not, here change comes. So we've got some truths about change. Like it or not, these are truths. Number one, change comes to everyone. There is absolutely no one on this earth that sometimes change, uncontrollable change, does not happen. Y'all agree? Say, uh-huh. Yeah. All right, truth number two. Change comes in varying degrees, right? Some changes are big changes. Um, you just lost your job. That's a big change. Um, I'm on my way to work, and I need to be there at 9 o'clock, and there's road construction. Well, that's a change, but it's going to change me, but that might not be a big change, right? But change comes. In varying degrees. Number three, change comes for, for specific reasons, right? So there's road construction. There's a reason for that road construction. You lost your job. There's a reason, and there's a specific reason. You may not know what it is, but there's a reason. And change is most often out of our control. And when we have change happen to us that is out of our control, we don't like it because we like to be in control. You know, we don't like it when things are out of our control. So what happens is when things are out of our control, we tend to suffer. Now, the word suffer, I thought about, you know, in a whole lot of ways you think, could you choose another word? Nope. I think we do suffer when there are changes that are out of our control. And especially if they're big. And suffering, the reason I want to use the word suffering is because a long time ago, uh, I did a, somebody did a Bible study that I went to about biblical reasons why Christians suffer. And so I wanted to go through these really quickly. And uh, we're not going to read all these scriptures here, but I'm just going to show you what we get out of the truth we get out of these scriptures and tell you what passage they're about as we fill in the next blanks. But when I understood, you know, bad things happen to good folks and bad things happen to bad folks, right? We suffer. We hurt. We go through trials and tribulations. And when I understood that there was a biblical reason why and good things that could come out of this suffering, it helped me so much in dealing with the changes that I had no control of. So this isn't going to take, you're going to have to write really quick because I flip really quick. Are you ready? Here we go. All right, so first one. Um, uh, yes, it does, change does affect the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual well-being of all of us. I forgot to add that. And I want you to listen very carefully to me, okay? Women, those are all tied together. If one goes, then your spirit, your physical, your emotional, it's like a drain in the bathtub. It's like, we're sucked up like that. So guys, you just have to understand that about us, you know? It, uh, it, uh, somebody's making a comment, it's probably Rick Jeffcoat, so, you know, I heard that moment over there, um, but, I mean, that's just the way we're, me we're built, you know, and, and, um, yeah, so I want to say that, so why do Christians suffer, here we go, so Genesis 10, 50, 
to bring about God's provision and providence. This was the story about Joseph being sold into slavery. At the end, we know why. Um, bottom line is he saved Egypt and all the known world through the famine. And when he finally saw his brothers, this is what he said. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That is big. That's big. Job, we know, of course, the story of Job. And uh, Satan says, yeah, well, Job is going to bless you and praise you because you're so good to him. Well, hush your mouth, Satan. You know, so it's a silent Satan sometimes. And I thought, Lord, man, I'd be working. No, I don't want to say that. You know, <laughs> I want to be found worthy, you know, where my life, Satan, I better not say that. Should I? I shouldn't say that, should I? No, no, but he does not tempt me that way, so I don't want to. All right, Genesis 22, it is to test our faith. This is the story of Abraham when he took Isaac. Can you imagine that test, that suffering, that agony, the emotional stress that Abraham went through when God said, you love me? All right, so give your son. You know, so it's really to test Abraham's faith. And sometimes our faith is tested, and that's an okay thing. Next one is to chasten us for our sins. You know, whether you like it or not, um, sometimes bad things happen to us because we do bad things and we make bad choices. And sometimes our suffering is just consequences for our sin. And I want you to know, guys, that our sins are forgiven and they are washed away, but the consequences are still there. So it's like I have a two-by-four and a nail. I hammer that nail in, and that nail represents the sin, well, God covers me, he forgives me, I take out the nail, but the hole's still there. You know, we face the consequences of our sin. Okay, and uh, Galatians is about uh, to produce the fruit of the Spirit. You know, in James it says, uh, count it all joy when you suffer, you know, trials and tribulations. And I thought, are you kidding? No, because that exercise makes me mature in the Lord. So sometimes we suffer so that we can mature in who he has for us. Okay, I love this one. Second Corinthians talks about we go through what we go through so that we can turn around and we can minister to somebody else later on. Um, I'm a widow, and I can talk to widows where other people can't. I've gone through that. I know what it's like. This morning, I sat with a sweet lady whose daughter, right before Valentine's Day, um, committed suicide. You know, we need to share our burdens, y'all. Because when we go through things and Holy Spirit ministers to us, then sometime, sometime down the road, God's going to put somebody in your path. And you're going to say, I know it hurts. I can empathize with you. And let me tell you how God ministered to me. That is ministry. And when we keep our suffering all bottled up, you know, how, you know that's not good. We can't minister to anybody. Okay, John 9, 1 through 3, it is to glorify God. This is the story about the man born from Balan from birth. And the disciples said, who sinned, his mama, his daddy, or him? And Jesus said, nobody. You know, he was born blind so that God can get glory when I heal him. And that was the main reason he suffered for 30-something years. Isn't that amazing? So sometimes we suffer. And by the way, we should choose in our suffering to glorify God in all of it. He's worthy of our praise, suffering or not. So, Mark 6, and it is so that we will know more about God. This is, I love this, the disciples had just watched Jesus feed 5,000 men plus women and children with a few, little bit of food, 
they got on the boat. He said, go away. And they said, he had 12 baskets left over. And I think as he got on the boat, Jesus said, here's one for you, Peter. Here's one for you, John. And they all had a basket they to remember. But when they got on the boat, the storm came up. They're about to die. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus walks on the water, scared them, scared them slapped to death. And um, Jesus said, don't be afraid, it's me. And you know what it says in this verse? It says that they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. They had just watched Jesus heal. I mean, feed all those people. A miracle in the good times. And they couldn't understand who Jesus was. But buddy, in the storm, when he ministers to you in the storm, you get to know who Jesus is. You get to know who Jesus is. Okay, Mark 9 is to increase our faith. This is a story about the boy who had an impure spirit. He was, you know, you almost think about epileptic seizures, throwing himself into the fire. The disciples could not heal him, and they were fussing about it. And Jesus said, what's wrong? He said, they can't, we can't heal him. And, you know, it's a really tough case. And Jesus asked the father, do you believe? And this is what that man said. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Guys, that's where we are sometimes. And it is okay. When we are at that place where we say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He is faithful to help our unbelief. That's just who he is. And then the last one is to make us more like Christ. Um, this is talking about we will share in his suffering. Like it or not, guys, we're going to share in his suffering. But guess what? It also says we get to share in his glory too. So when I realized that there were reasons, biblical reasons, good reasons for the tough times of life, then it made the suffering and the trials and the changes not all that bad. You know, it's our perspective. Our perspective is a lot. Okay, so now we're going to talk about responding to pain. And a lot of this is about response, y'all. Response, how to respond. So how does the world, just real quick, those who don't know Jesus, how are some ways that do they respond to suffering? Drugs. Alcohol. Isolation. Isolation. Suicide. Anger. Anger. Right. Abuse. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. There you go. There's so many ways that the world responds to pain. Unfortunately, the church isn't much different. And that is a shame. That's a shame when you look at the world and you look at the church and you can't see a whole lot different. So, you know, it's time that we stepped it up. And um, so there you go. What about us? Well, we want to respond to pain. We know it's going to come in a Christ-like way. And it's easy to talk about, but it's not always easy to do. So let's talk about what we can do, okay? Now, I have this umbrella and I put choices. We are going to have a choice of how we respond to this stuff, right? I can't control what happens to me, but I sure can control how I respond, right? And that's what growing in the Lord is able to do. The more I mature in the Lord, um, the easier it is for me, well, not the easier, but my goal is to respond more like Jesus. I heard a story about a man named Earl Morris who was uh, uh, in a, the Georgia State Penitentiary for life for a crime he did not commit. Angry man, angry man. And a man named Clee McClary went through prison fellowship and ministered to him. He came to know the Lord. And he was a tough guy. 
But he got his Bible, and he was in his cell, and he was reading his Bible, and his roommate beat us. I mean, started making fun of him, laughing. Ha, 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 yeah, yeah, Christian, yeah. He got up with his Bible and beat the soup out of this man. <laughs> uh, he did. But he was an immature Christian. Hopefully, when he is older, he's not going to respond that way, right? So our responses are so important. Now, I put an umbrella here because I want you to think about trials, the storms of life coming down. And if we're under umbrella, an umbrella, we're protected from that, okay? So think about this. So I'm going to put some things up here. Now, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, Travis's computer and mine are a little bit different because it cut off so, some of the words. I do know how to spell gentleness, and it's not supposed to be gentle. And uh, But I didn't know how to fix it when I saw it tonight, but there you go. But y'all know the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. Bottom line is, the Word says, this is the the way we should respond. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. Good. That should be our response as a Christian. You know, when we think about, okay, do I do that? You know, Travis just blew my mind away a while ago. He said, um, you know, when people look like me, are, are my responses like everybody else's? Can they see, can people see when my husband died, is there a way, can they see there's something different about me? Right? When we suffer. Okay, so those, that fruit of the Spirit should be our choice. That's our goal, right? But it's tough to do, so we are going to get some how-tos. Now, let's go back to the ready or not, here I come, and I'm going to change the I again to tomorrow. Ready or not, tomorrow comes. And not knowing what tomorrow, just like we don't like to control, when we can't control the change, we certainly don't like it when we don't have control of tomorrow. Now, I don't know about you, but 2020 has been one more year. Amen. And nobody has had control of much of anything. And because of that, normally fear and anxiety and stress levels are high. But buddy, but you better believe that now they are. So tomorrow's going to come, and we tend to worry about that. Now, I, you may not like this sentence, but this is the truth, like it or not. There is no place for what in a believer's life? What do you think the fill in the blank is? Doubt, Doubt that's true. Worry. worry, that's what I put. And you say, but Becky, we're gonna worry. When I talk about worry, it's when you, you, you remember that word, I'm, I'm just a fretting, I'm fretting, oh, I'm fretting. You know, and you just, you, you can't, it's just all consuming. You're worried about your kids and you're worried about this and you worry, that is not of God. And God said in his word, I mean, Travis preached on it. Now, there is fear. There is healthy fear. But when you are controlled by worry, that is not of God. Now, I want to tell you one of the easiest ways to control this, okay? This is, this is one of the easiest things you can do, all right? I want you to imagine your mind. And, guys, the mind is where the battle is. Um, I think this next slip, yes, it's a spiritual battle. And look at this quote by a guy, his last name was Moses, not the Moses of the burning bush. But recognize that half of the battle with anxiety is knowing when you're entering the battle. Okay, so it is a, it's a mind thing, guys. So think about your mind as being the Atlanta airstrip, airport. All these planes want to land, right? They're hovering up there. And so that's like your mind, Okay. And your thoughts are all these thoughts that are, you know, the air traffic controller decides who lands when, right? 
We have an air traffic controller. It's called the Holy Spirit. And so these thoughts that come are temptations. It's not sin. But when you allow a thought to rest and land and dwell on it, that's when it becomes sin. So you have to recognize those thoughts. The Bible says take every thought captive, right? Have you ever heard that phrase? It's talking about control your thoughts. Get a handle on those thoughts. And so what do you do? Easiest thing to do in the world. One of the things is, is called your self-talk. Never, never, never end on a negative thought. Don't do it. We, oh, woe is me, my God arthritis in my ankle and my life. But you know what? Jesus is coming again and one day I'll have a new body. Hallelujah. Now, will that change your attitude? Yes or no? Will it? Yes. You have got to train your mind on ending in the positive. That little but word, B-U-T, is beautiful. Y'all, go ahead. We live in a fallen world. Go ahead and talk about things are hard. But don't end there, guys. You say, but with God, all things are possible. You know, but with God, I know he's with me. He hasn't forsaken me. And listen very carefully. It is not based on feelings. It is based on fact. Um, when I was in um, Bible study fellowship years ago, I worked with the two-year-olds a couple of times, and those two leaders would say, boys and girls, say this, two-year-olds, this is God's word, and they would say, and every word is true. Do you believe it? Well, if you do, we need to start living that way. You know, and it's not based on your feelings. Our feelings are faulty. Our feelings are faulty. That poor lady that I talked to this morning, her daughter felt that there was no hope. So she decided to end it. Did I? I did tell that example, didn't I? Okay, sorry. You know, she, and it's too late then. She made a decision an ultimate terminal decision based on the way she felt. So sad. Okay, so keep going. So Matthew 6, 25 through 33, we don't, I mean, basically Travis went over it. Therefore, don't be anxious for anything, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear, for the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first the kingdom of God, and how many things are going to be added to you? All. All means all. That's all means all. Means. All, he's going to take care of them. Do you really believe it? You may not feel like it, but that is truth, guys. That is truth. Okay, so there is a healthy fear. And so we're going to talk about healthy fear versus anxiety. Okay, healthy fear. Now, healthy fear is a concern that requires a healthy response from you. Okay? Healthy fear is a concern that requires a healthy response from you. Now I'm gonna show you a picture of an example of healthy fears. Now we have healthy fears because we live in a fallen world. I mean, we live in a sinful world. Things are not all good. And so therefore, God has given us this mechanism that when something happens, our you know, blood pressure goes up and everything and it spurs us to action, right? So here's an example. Can you see how that would cause you to have a little bit of healthy fear? Right? If you see your child running out into the road, it is going to spur you on to healthy responses. There is something you can do about it. 
Does that make sense? Okay, so when there's something you can do about it, then it's going to make you get up and do something positive. That is of God. That is of God, y'all. Okay? But when it comes to anxiety, it springs from fearful thoughts that do not require an immediate response from you. So you have to determine the fear that you're having, the anxiety you're having, is it healthy or is it unhealthy? You've got to determine that. We've got to start training ourselves to think this way. And if it's unhealthy, we have to do something about it. We have to not allow those thoughts to, to, um, to land. You know, it's a choice you have. When you wake up in the morning, you know, in the middle of the night, and you're sitting there worrying and worrying and worrying, you've got to choose to change your thought patterns. Don't end on the worry. You start adding in the but gods. And you start turning on your worship music. And you start thinking and memorizing the scripture. On the um, website, there's a whole list of scriptures now that you can, you're fearful, click on here, click on here, click on here. You've got anxiety, click on here. They're right there for you. Use that. The word of God is our absolute truth. And it, you know, it doesn't change. Okay? So let's go. Now, fear about what might come tomorrow. That is anxiety. That is worry. That is an unhealthy fear. It might happen. It might not happen. So why am I going to waste all my time spending my brain, what little I got, spending my brain on what I'm worried about? You know, it's a choice we have. Now, listen, I will say this. I am not a worrier. I believe there are some people who God has given the gift of faith, and that is not saving faith. That is faith to know that no matter what the situation is, God's got this. And I believe I have that, that gift. There are some of you who don't have that gift, but that is no excuse. Just because I don't have the gift of giving doesn't mean that I don't give. Or just because I don't have the gift of uh, intercession doesn't mean that I don't pray. Right? we still have to have that faith enough to believe that God is God. Okay? And he is able to take care of you. All right. So, what percentage of all sickness is a direct result of stress and anxiety? Somebody just throw out a percentage. Heart attack. Well, heart attack. But what percentage of all of it? We'll get to that in a minute. 60%. Okay, between 70 and 90% of all, all health issues, physical health issues especially physical, are stress-related. So now I'll throw out some reasons. What are some, what are some, we've got heart attack. What are some other things? <laughs> Not causes. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's a cause of stress. What are some physical um, problems we have because of the stress? Our children. I'll ask that for you. Headaches. Headaches. High blood pressure. Do what? <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, well, see, here's a list of them, uh, just a partial list. High blood pressure, panic attacks, stomach ulcers, severe headaches, nausea, depression, insomnia, related relational issues, eating disorder, the list goes on and on. Let me say something about panic attacks. On the website, I have a list of the definitions of these, like stress, anxiety, panic, panic attack, panic disorder. There's a difference between panic attacks and a panic disorder. Okay, so if you were to come to my office, there are a couple of things I'm going to make sure you do. Number one, we're going to make sure you understand that I stand on this word. 
okay? Number two, I'm going to say you go to your doctor, and you've got to get some physical re test results because a lot of times the issue that we're having that goes so, so hand in hand that you can fix this, but you've also got to fix this physical, okay? And then um, we might say go to a psychiatrist. Y'all, God is smart enough to give people who are very smart the ability to, to um, create or come up with some really good drugs that we need, healthy drugs that we may need. And um, I myself, yes, I've had to go on some medication, and I'm very thankful for it. Very thankful for it. So um, there are some people who teach, oh, Jesus is enough. Yes, Jesus is enough, but if I have... Um, cancer, I'm going to go to an, an oncologist. Amen. And if I have another something that's caused by stress that I may need, because a lot of times it's so much of a chemical imbalance, guys, and I'm not going to get into that because I don't have enough time, but I mean, it. I do. That's just, that's what we need to do. Not always, but do, we, do you need medication? But sometimes you do, and that's okay. Okay, and just remember, just like the other things we talked about, if they're emotional, mental spiritual impacts of stress as well okay these things as well okay so the result when a christian um does not handle these things is absolute misery do you know why because we know that god doesn't want us to be this way but it's like but i can't help it i'm this way it, oh it's misery guys so there is hope and there is help so let's go on and find out so, is this a true or false statement? God is calling us to something better. True? True. Absolutely. Um, in John 10, 10, he says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. His name is Satan. He, wants to, he cannot have my soul, but he can certainly have my peace of mind. Not my peace with God. That is forever. But that peace of God that comes all through my life, yeah, he can steal that peace. I have come, Jesus said, that they might have life and have it how? More abundantly. Guys, when we are controlled by stress, anxiety, that unhealthy um, fear that we have, that is not abundant living. And Jesus said, I've come to give it to you. Well, then let's take it and let's see what we can do about it. So, Peter, 1 Peter 5, 8, cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cared for you. Travis said that so well a while ago. He loves us. And he is there. Y'all, and he is strong. He, he can take care of this. So, I want us to see how do we cast all our cares on Jesus. It sounds great. How do we do it? I'm going to give you some ways right now. Are you ready? Okay, here are the how-tos of casting your cares on Jesus. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. Number one. You've got to identify if this is an anxious thought. Okay, remember I told you, it's a, you've got to identify, is this an anxious thought or not? Okay, so you've got to ask this question. Is this thought creating a feeling of panic, fear, or despair within me, which requires no action on my part at the present time? Does that make sense? So remember a while ago I said, you know, a healthy fear, if you can do something about it, then do something about it. But I would say 99.9% .9 of the worry that has a bondage, a hold on us, is um, things that we can't do anything at the present time about. So you've got to identify if it's an anxious thought. Okay, so then what do you need to do? You need to expose it. 
by saying, this thought is not from my heavenly Father. Okay? Expose that thought. Do you understand? It is a, it's, it's a, something we need to practice. We need to work on. Okay? And then John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. Say that again. Peace. Peace. You know, who said that? Jesus. He said, I have said, told you these things that you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Oh, yeah. It's going to get worse, y'all. We're going to have trouble. But take heart. I have come to overcome the world. Hallelujah. You know, we do not suffer, and we do not mourn, and we do not have to respond as those who have no hope. Right? Okay? All right, so let's look on. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to cast it off. And there are several steps to casting it off. First thing, after you identify it and you expose it as not being from your Heavenly Father, then you're going to replace it with something that is truer about yourself, about God, or your situation than the anxious thought. Got it? So you're going to replace that thought with something that is more profitable to you. Right? It's a choice. It's an exercise you do. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That is not easy, guys. It is something that you work on, that you practice, and you remember something that you do for 30 days tends to become a habit. What a good habit to have. So when those thoughts come in and you're struggling with that, get in the habit of recognizing it, exposing it, and replacing it. So step one, replace it. To cast it off, number two, you've got to engage your will, that is your choice, and your intellect, brain, use your brain, instead of surrendering to your anxious feelings and emotions. Now, if I were to ask you, which do you do most often? Do you, uh, do you use your intellect and your will, knowing the truth of God? Or do you base things based on your anxious feelings and your emotions? Which one do you do more often? If it's the last, then you have an issue. <laughs> you know, and most people do, y'all. That's why we have the majority of the church who acts just like the world. Right? Okay, so here... Um, this takes practice, and I cannot say that loud enough. Please don't get frustrated. When you start this and wake up tomorrow, well, I still feel this way. Try it again. Try it again. Try, don't give up. Don't give up. It is such a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Now, next, choose to think on truth. Choose to think on truth. You know, if I had a choice, well, well, just, I, you know, a healthy fear, I think, is saying we need to be prepared for tomorrow about financial things. I'm going to use my financial, you know, um, make wise decisions now to prepare. That's a healthy, I don't want to call it a fear, but that pushes me into an action, right? Okay, so I, if I were to dwell on, oh, I've got to have this money, I've got to have this money, I need to make a choice to tr dwell on things that are truth. What is truth? You know, given it shall be given to you. Right? Are you kidding, God? 
Give and it shall be given to you. Does he tell you what to give? No, just give. He's going to take care of you. Those are the kind of truths I can dwell my mind on, right? I can dwell on. Okay? So, um, so what does it say in Hebrews 13, 5b? He says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. If you can't remember any other truth in the midst of your fear and anxiety and your worry, you just remember he is right there with you. You may not feel him, and you may, it's not based on your feelings. It's based on the word of God, and every word is true. Okay? All right, so, and finally pray. And I hate to say finally pray because that's usually the last thing we do. <laughs> you know, pray. And listen to this. Lord, help me become more aware of the thoughts that do not come from you. Increase my faith to trust you that my fears and anxious thoughts might not rule my mind. Make that a prayer. There's an old Casting Crown song that said, that's called The Voice of Truth. All these voices are coming into you, and you, the more you work on recognizing the voice of God as opposed to the voices of the enemy, the easier it's going to be. Lord, help me recognize your voice. Help me recognize that these voices that are telling me that you have no hope it put you into pits of despair. That is not the voice of God. And pray that you'll be able to identify the two. All right, so Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and thank, a petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. All right, so ready or not, here I come. I'm almost through, and I love this one. Ready or not, he comes. Guys, if there's any fact that makes us different from the world, is that we know this is not the end. Amen. We are just passing through, guys. And the Bible calls these temporary little flashes in the night troubles and trials. Like just brief to us that they last forever. Nope. Y'all, he is coming. And he is, he's coming again, and he is going to perfect everything. Hallelujah. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us and let us run with endurance the race that is set us for us. Listen to this part. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter, that means he's going to finish, of our faith. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. That's just truth. Okay, now, I love this right here. Quit telling God how big your storm is and start telling your storm how big your God is. <laughs> now, I'm going to read because Paul says, finally, brethren, in Philippians. When my husband um, was in a car accident, he was in the trauma unit for 15 days, and I read Philippians about four or five times. I love it, love it, love it. But listen to what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> Again, I say it, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Hallelujah. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds toward Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, um, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Y'all, it's so much a mind game. So much a mind game. 
Sometimes it's a physical thing that you need help with, but the majority of it starts right here. Listen, please call. You know, that's what I'm on staff here for. I don't know everything, but I sure know folks who can help you a lot, right? So thank you for letting me do this, Travis. I don't know what time it is, but there you go. You did good. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Um, Wealth of information, a lot of great, I just love practical examples of it. As, as we're uh, going to pray and, and get done, I want you to think about this. Can you think of anybody in the Bible who dealt with anxiety or stress? Give me some names. Moses. Moses. Job. Job. Jesus. Peter. Jesus. Jesus. Hey, let me ask you, let me stop there. Did Jesus struggle at any point in his life with anxiety? When was it? Garden of Gethsemane, right? Yeah, the, the disciples said that it's almost like he was sweating something, sweating drops of what? So when, when these bunch of fishermen see that, they just go, that's weird. Looks like Jesus is sweating drops of blood. Nobody knew what that was. Hundreds of years later, uh, modern science comes along and says, oh, that's a condition called hematidrosis. Hematidrosis is a condition when you become so stressed that your blood vessels burst and blood gets into your sweat pores and comes out. Now I'll ask you this. Have you ever been that anxious? I, I've never been there. Okay, and so you go, well, what, what does that mean about? It means, it means that, now what did Jesus do? Now obviously Jesus, well, I know your, your life is kind of stressful. He knew that he was about to experience the wrath of God based upon all our sin. He had a reason to kind of be like, oh, here it comes, right? But what did he do when he was anxious? He prayed. And he grabbed some people around him to pray. Now, did they do a good job of that? No. But did he try? Absolutely. He got the people closest to him and said, I'm going to pray, and I need y'all's help praying too. Folks, I cannot think of a better example for some of you to do tonight. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get some people around me who are going to pray. Folks, Everybody in the world doesn't need to know that you're struggling with anxiety, but a couple people probably do. One, two, three, a few folks that can say, I know that I got eyes on you that if you're struggling, that, that I'm not going to let you go, right? So you don't have to let everybody in the world know you're struggling with anxiety, but a few people do need to know that so they can be praying for you. They can be watching you. And so, so here's the thing. If Jesus got overwhelmed too, and he processed it this way to say, okay, I'm not going to be anxious about anything, but I'm going to pray about everything. He gathered some people around you. Be the best encouragement that I could give you today to start there. Start talking with someone, whether it's myself, Becky, or someone else that you're close to, just to say, I am struggling and I need some help. You're not in a class. In fact, uh, in some kind of class all by yourself, you're actually in the place of Jesus and Peter, Moses, Paul, people who struggle just like we do, but let's process it in a healthy way. So, Father, we call upon you because you have said that we can and that you're a dad who loves us and cares for us and wants to help us. So for the anxiety, the worry, the fear, that stress that can cripple us, annoy us, or even endanger us, God, we bring it before you. We come before you and ask for your help. And we also ask, God, that you would give us the wisdom of who we need to speak with. Have some other people that are in our life that are praying for us and encouraging us as we go. Thank you for these wonderful truths from your word. Thank you for the wisdom that Becky has shared. And God, may we be the type of uh, people who know who our Father is and know who our brothers and sisters are, and we can find that help. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Thanks for joining us at the Equip Podcast. Make sure you get your notes and all of the downloads that you need to continue to be equipped for the work of the ministry. You can get all resources for this episode or other Equip episodes at rockycreek.church.